Listen to WGN Radio's newest podcast, Behind the Badge, Illinois, hosted by David Hochberg. Behind the Badge, Illinois, views current events through the eyes of Illinois law enforcement leaders. Tune in. Visit WGNRadio.com slash Behind the Badge. The following interview with comedian Nikki Glazer is intended for mature audiences only. Nikki Glazer is one of the funniest female voices in comedy. For nearly two decades at clubs across the country and as host of three hit podcasts, Nikki has been honing her skills, shockingly honest, no-holds-barred style of comedy. Last year, she headlined her first HBO comedy special, Good Clean Filth, which has been nominated for a Critics' Choice Award for Best Comedy Special. Nikki is currently on her nationwide and international comedy tour, The Good Girl Tour, which stops here at the Chicago Theater next Friday the 15th, and she joins us tonight. Hey, Nikki. Hey. How are Thanks you? Thanks for having me. I'm good. I'm um, I'm currently on the set of um, F Boy Island, which oh, is yeah. a, a show that I do yep. uh, for the CW that's coming out on October 16th, on Mon- Monday, October 16th. So um, it's been it's been wild filming this TV show and then also preparing for this uh, big tour coming up, which kicks off in Chicago on uh, September 15th. I love I'm so that. excited about it. I love that. By the way, we just bought the CW, I think, sometime this year. So next are this. Oh, really? Re- yeah, we're part of the same network group. So this is a really good intertwined oh, wow. weave of a of a promotion. What here. do they call that? Um, uh, synergy. Synergy. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Finally, I have some in my life. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to tell you how hard it was to find clean enough clips to put on terrestrial radio because you know, you want it shouldn't be that hard can i just say that i know that i'm a little dirty birdie but i have done the tonight show five times i've done yeah. conan once uh stand up i've done also his couch i've done um you know i've done people think of me as like the like i'm um, a porn star or something like keep her away from kids but i am i'm very capable of being clean so i'm sorry that it was so hard for you but um yes i mean i am um kind of a known as a dirty comic sex comic yeah um which I don't think you were doing just then, but I think it's a way to dismiss uh, what I do. Uh, I, I, don't, I really don't. I'm not saying that that's you're a very nice person and, and you don't seem like a, a sexist at all. But I think Thank it you. is a way that people like to dismiss uh, female comedians because all they do is talk about sex. And listen, yeah, all I do is talk about sex sometimes because it's what's it's it's what's interesting to me. It's not because I'm like. Oh, this is uh, the easy thing to do, or this will get people to be shocked, and yeah. this is my way in. You know, yeah. like I um I only talk about what I'm into talking about, and so if I'm talking about sex, it's generally because I'm I'm that's something that's fascinating to me at that time, not because I'm like I have so much of it, I can't wait to tell everyone. <laughs> it's usually because I'm like, isn't this weird? This yeah. thing we do, and yeah. I kind of want to talk about it. But sure. um, I will say my new hour of material. Um, is shockingly uh, 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 probably 15% about sex, which is like a big downgrade for me. I think, uh, you know, my last special was called Good Clean Filth because it was like mostly about sex. And um, (laughs) but I always said, I've been saying this for years, when I'm not interested in sex anymore, I'll stop talking about it. And I guess at the age of 39 is when my hormones are starting to shift in a way that (laughs) I'm just not interested in it anymore. Much to the chagrin of my boyfriend, but um, for the enjoyment of, of of, of an audience that I haven't maybe been able to access yet. Um, I am talking about other things. Um, and so, yeah, I, I never knew when it would happen that that shift for me. Yeah. But I think I've kind of 
I think I'll probably get into talking about it again when new things pop up for me as I age uh, of that interest me about it. But I kind of covered a lot of what I wanted to in the past, you know, three specials uh, I've done three plus specials. I've done two half hours and three hours and I'm getting ready to record a new hour this December. So that's awesome. Yeah. So it's um yeah it's ever changing but it's just yeah I guess I <laughs> I I just I like talking about things that other people aren't talking about not because making I making it uncomfortable yeah, you got to do that yeah, a little bit making the uncomfortable comfortable because I don't like making people uncomfortable and I think that's also a misconception about what I do is that I love to make people squirm in their seats I love when <laughs> I, the worst thing for me is when I meet people after a show and they're like oh my god I brought my dad this was terrible <laughs> like I'm like why would you dad like i don't i don't want people to feel uncomfortable what i want is for people to leave and feel a little bit more comfortable talking about those things and not feeling like criminal about having opinions about these things because i think we especially in the midwest i'm from st louis like we carry a lot of shame about everything you know just guilt some shame guilt about just anything that we think (laughs) about that might not be so nice you know um and I think I want we're all just trying to do our best. And sometimes we have really weird thoughts and I want us all to feel a little <laughs> bit more. Yeah. OK, about those, because, um, yeah, I grew up just having the, the craziest thoughts and saying the weirdest things and being very shamed for them. Like, girls don't talk that way. Don't say that. That weirds everyone out. And now I make money doing it. So it's kind of um, it's nice. <laughs> yes, but that's I, right. yeah. I want to release that shame a little bit for myself and, and others. But you talk about people bringing their parents. I'm sure your parents have seen your show. Is that yes. uncomfortable for you? For them? Um, for me, just became a little bit uncomfortable ah. recently because I'm just I think I grew a conscience in the past, <laughs> you know, five or so years before then I really couldn't consider it because if you do, you wouldn't be able to do what I do. You know, like it's if you true. if you let that in at all, it's kind of the way I feel about ghosts. Like I don't believe in ghosts, but that's just for me to survive. If I, I kind of <laughs> do, but I won't let it in because if I believe in ghosts, I'll be scared all of the time. Yeah, yeah. So I've just convinced myself they don't exist so I can like live peacefully in hotel rooms across <laughs> the country by Fair. myself. Yeah. So I guess I just live in a world where when I'm on stage or when I'm creating something, my parents don't exist. Their opinion of me doesn't exist because if it did, I wouldn't be able to do what I no, do. And um, and and the times they have been in the room, I I I've said this before. I mean, I don't know if they'll be at my Chicago show, but if they are, it won't be a different show than if they weren't in the room. Because I always say, you know, if I went to go see Cardi B and she was like, my dad's here tonight, I can't do WAP. Uh, if you know what that stands for, you know what it stands for. You'd be like, you're my favorite song you can't do because your dad's here like that. Don't disservice us because you're you feel weird in front of your dad so my parents know that when they come to a show i'm not going to hold anything back and they really wouldn't want me to but that's not to say that it doesn't make them wildly uncomfortable and my dad once said early on in my career that when he tells himself that i'm like howard stern that Although and um, it's not like he we worship Howard Stern in my house. We do now. But at the time he said it, like I didn't really know much about Howard Stern. But I guess my dad had this like him up on a pedestal of someone who sometimes gets in trouble, sometimes yeah. gets scoffed at and people think is just so dirty. But he's just honest. And he said to me, I just tell myself, you're like Howard Stern. You're just being honest. <laughs> and I loved that. And that's what became that was the moment I go, who's this Howard Stern guy beyond what I knew from like private parts? And then and now I'm the biggest Howard Stern fan because 
My dad made that comparison. And, and now I look at Howard and I'm like, he is just honest. And that's why people don't like him. If they don't like him, it's like he's saying the things that we all don't want to admit to ourselves or hear or admit about ourselves. And um, so, yeah, but my parents have really done a good job of um, handling this. I will say my dad says when he goes to my shows, people come up to him afterwards and like put their arm around him. And they're like, are, are you OK, okay? man? <laughs> like almost like he's at my funeral or something. <laughs> Ah, like, that. are you good? They send a casserole <laughs> later that week to the house. I um, love that. <laughs> yeah. So I just lucked out with them because they would never want to censor me. My mom has told me, you know what? If you weren't my daughter, I wouldn't enjoy what you do. And I'm always like, wait, I think you're supposed to say if you weren't my daughter, I could enjoy it. And she goes, <laughs> no, the only reason I put up with this is you're my daughter. It's ah, not my type of humor. And I'm yeah. like, well, mom, and she's like, I'm sorry. I don't like it. I think it's sick. And I go, oh, that's why I do it is because <laughs> it's a little bit of rebellion against my parents. I hope so. Kind of puritanical, um, <laughs> not puritanical because we we definitely joked about, um, you know, not dirty things. But I, I had a great upbringing of a house of just like irreverent, like hilarious, no holds barred comedy in my house. But in terms of sex, we never spoke of sex in my house. I still no. haven't gotten the sex talk from my parents. I don't know what it is. That's why I'm just that's why I'm trying to figure it out on stage so much. So <laughs> I think my my act is a response to like, oh, you don't want to address the fact that uh, we have like you don't want to give me a sex talk. Well, I'm going to give you one every <laughs> night on the road. So I, I think it's you know, I think all art yeah. is a slight rebellion against our parents. So I, I do think it's that's therein lies the truth. So going back to the beginning of our conversation, because I am a fan, I wanted to pick those clips that I know are going to make people uncomfortable, but uncomfortably <laughs> funny. And so that's why I really had to dig around to find something that's just about oh crossing the line. I could drop a couple words out without getting fined. Sure. And, we'll, and we can move on. So, yes. So well, I'm. Cool. thank you for going on that treasure hunt. <laughs> it was great. I, I wouldn't want to do that. If, that would be very hard. I know how hard that is to find stuff. I forget that I'm that I am such a dirty comic. I, I know that sounds crazy <laughs> because it's like I'm creating all of this. I really forget because it to me, because if you most people who meet me are always alarmed at how nice I am because they they either see like the roasts or they see my stand up and they're just like, she's just going to mock me or she's going to get at the truth of like whatever uh, she's going to be me like mean somehow. And um, and the roast, I like have to be mean because that's my job, you know, but I'm you know, I'm from the Midwest. I I get told a lot like how nice I am. So when people are like kind of scared to meet me because they're like, what's she going to say? I'm always like, no, I'm like that. You can bring me a around your grandma. I'm like a really <laughs> I'm a very wholesome person. Like I love my family. I love animals. I love kids. I, I And this side of me is just. But um, I don't think it's mean. I think it's just raw. Yeah, and I, guess I think not it's Midwest mean, but raw. I think, we kind of put those together. Yeah. Like if you're dirty, you're probably not considering people's feelings. Therefore, it's mean somehow. Um, I think that that's uh, how, how I sometimes or just not safe. And I did have a show on Comedy Central called Not Safe. But um, so I guess I'm just when people are like, keep your kids away from her. I'm like, what do you <laughs> do? Kid? Like, you know, I it's just yeah. I, I somehow I've gotten away from my, myself. And I think um, on this next tour, I've just um, my materials maturing um, 
and I'm growing. Uh, my material's growing as as I grow, and I, I'm I'm grateful for that because it was a natural thing that happened. It wasn't intentional, but um, it's just nice to hear feedback from comedians. Um, since I've been in LA, I've been performing a lot and hearing a lot of feedback from my stand up friends who are like, "Oh, that's this cool. is some next level stuff," and that's you know that's always like the feedback you, you want to get more than anything. We're all trying to impress our peers. And Nikki Glazer is at the Chicago Theater next Friday, September mm, 15th. You. And there's more with Nikki next on 720 WGN. Nikki Glazer is with us. She's performing at the Chicago Theater next Friday night. You take life experiences, and you've had a lot of them, and you throw it up on stage, whether it's it's drinking or whether it's sex or, or, or boyfriends or men or whatever. But it is the true relationship between tragedy and comedy. Not that there was tons of tragedy. I'm just saying in unusual awkward life growing situations you can find humor in it yeah i mean that's um that's where it comes from i mean it comes i think most comedians have uh, a, a really dark side to them of seeing the world kind of for what it is and being terrified of death being um you know depressed people um o- overly analytical people um I, I suffer with depression um, a lot and I have my whole life and and and, you know, have figured out a way to, to treat it. But I still str- I still struggle with it. It's still something that comes on. I get I don't get physically sick ever. I don't, I'm not trying to brag here, but I don't get colds. I don't get the flu. Yeah. I got covid and it felt like light PMS. Like I just don't <laughs> get physically ill. And I've always been kind of proud of myself for that. I'm yeah. like, wow, God, I have so many friends that are just shut down for a week out of the month because yeah. they get some kind of sick. And then I realized, oh, I get mentally sick. Like I get, it's just a little, it's different though, because I can't call in, you know, depressed to work, which I think we should be able to, <laughs> we should. We but should um, able to, yeah. I get, I get, I have uh, I have mental uh, yeah. health issues that are more so than most people I know in my life. I'm grateful for them because I think they are why I'm a comedian. Like I, my friends, whenever I have a girl's I have a girls chat where like uh, me and my best girlfriends from all walks of life, it's like 10 of us and we just get on there every day and talk about what's going on in our lives and yeah, cry about that. it, but we complain about it. And, um, and they always say to me whenever I'm in my worst mood where I'm like complaining or like crying about something, they're always like, God, you are the funniest when you're this way. Like wow. this, you're making us laugh about the dark things you're saying, because I think when I get the de- most depressed, I just, there's, I, I say wild things, you know, like I just say things that you just don't say and and you shouldn't say. And I feel very comfortable there also with my friends sharing things that probably if I shared them with someone else, they'd be like, we need to get Nikki committed to a, 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 <laughs> no. a hospital. But I feel with my friends, they they know that it's OK. And so like or that I'm going to go off the rails in this way. So it is nice to hear like in my darkness comes out the funniest moments. And so I do, I do mind that stuff, you know, um, it's great material. And that's what my new set is about is about like, it's some dark, it's some dark topics where I've thought, wow, I'll never be able to make light of these things. And for some reason it's, um, it's, it's, it's working. We're talking to comedian Nikki Glazier and there's more after the news next year on 720 WGN. Nikki Glazier is with us. She's performing at the Chicago theater next Friday night. Some of these subjects on stage that you were just talking about, I mean, you talk about your teeth a lot. Yeah, I do. <laughs> That's a good point. I didn't even realize that, but you're not wrong. <laughs> I mean, and you use it in about in five different ways. Uh, you know, you had buck yes. teeth and what, yes. what the kids called you, yep. a beaver. And, yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
I've had Invisalign since um, Trump was first for his first day in office. That's when I got Invisalign, and I still have it. I still have. I'm still trying to fix my teeth. And that's the weird thing. It's like also a thing I s- currently struggle with. Is um yeah, it was the first thing I got made fun of and like felt made me feel like ostracized in school was having buck teeth. And then I finally got braces and fixed that. And then I stopped wearing my retainer and they kind of started bucking out again. And then I tried to fix it. And it's still a thing. I'm like, I can't give up on braces because I'm just trying to perfect my smile, which is this thing. It's that (laughs) that no one can even see what I see anymore. That's a problem. You know, I'm kind of like obsessed with it. Um, And so you're that's so interesting that you were able to. Oh, realize yeah. that through line. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> oh, I yeah. would it. <laughs> <laughs> I totally did. Totally did. And of course, you know, you talk about your boyfriend. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, what causes, you know, you, you talk all the time about what causes you anxiety in the bedroom. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And right now it's the fact that I don't want to be in the bedroom ever. <laughs> like, At all. The anxiety is like, <laughs> where is, where has that, that gone, you know? And like, what? And also, my anxiety now is more I've been with my boyfriend off and on for 10 years and he's he's amazing because he allows me to talk about any subject about us. He's a very like I almost said closeted person. I, uh, he's a he's a very, um, you, you know, he's he's the opposite of me. He doesn't care about being in front of the camera. He doesn't care about he doesn't want to be he has no interest in That's- no people knowing that he's my boyfriend like he doesn't. He's not he doesn't look he's not looking for the limelight at all. And he definitely doesn't want it. But he allows me to talk about anything about my life and that involves him as long as it's funny is his rule. Like, just don't do it for the sake of not being funny and or don't do it in a podcast just because you want to share something like make it make it funny and, and, and I'll allow it. And I'm so lucky because yeah. a lot of people would say, well, just don't name him. And I'm like, well, if I'm talking about sex and he's my partner he's kind of already implicated in it. So either I can't talk about sex at all or he has to be okay with it because I can't, there's only so much I can talk about like sex with myself, like alone, which I do, you know, talk about that as (laughs) well. But, um, he, the, my, my anxiety now around, I guess, sex and, and everything is, um, you know, is commitment. We're at the point in our lives where we're thinking about, um, taking it to the next level and and breaking up forever. No, that's not a joke. But um, <laughs> we're taking we're thinking about marriage, and I'm like, oh my god, I I think I played the role for so long, both on stage yeah. and off stage, of the woman, the archetypal woman, single woman who wants to get married and her boyfriend won't, and isn't that sad? And men won't commit. And I didn't realize until recently when my boyfriend kind of was like, I'm ready to commit that I'm like, oh, hi, it's me. I'm the problem. It's me because yeah. I I'm scared of commitment. I'm scared of and that's why I like stand up. I'm not committed to any one way of doing things. I can change it every single night. Um, I'm terrified of 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 being uh, I don't that's I, I still rent an apartment. I don't have a uh. car because I can't commit to a car. I drive my mom's. I bought my mom a car, but I drive her old car because I'm like, I don't care about this thing. Like, I can get rid of it at any time. I just don't like being yeah. locked into anything. Yeah. And um, and yeah. I'm, and that's the, my new kind of 
airy to explore on stages. Like, what's wrong with me that my friends are so down to have kids? They're so down to get married. It seems so easy for them. And they're in relationships that are not even as good as mine. Um, I know they won't hear this, so that feel free saying that. <laughs> um, they don't live anywhere near the Chicago area. But um, and I have I have a great boyfriend that I know that most people would go like, yeah, lock it down. Like what? There's nothing to fear here. But there's something in me that's so scared and it's um, but it, there's also something that's terrified of, of losing him forever. So I'm in this weird limbo and I'm 39. Like I should not have these fears still. Yeah, so young. that's yeah, I, it, it's young relatively. Um, but for me as a woman whose body stops um, being able to have children at some point, like that's the real pressure I'm starting to feel is this thing that I've put off forever being like, I don't know if I want kids. I don't decide now suddenly it's like oh you have like till tuesday to decide <laughs> like it's like it's not years anymore it's like it was last week you should have decided like you are on borrowed time so um i'm really struggling with that and and just the idea of commitment the idea of forever and really it all just comes down to a fear of death because <laughs> what is commitment but a yeah, right. thing that you do till death yeah. And then it reminds me that, I oh, I have to die someday. Oh, no. Yeah. So that's really, that's really, I think, the fear deep Here, down. Here's what I've learned from this conversation. The stage yes. is your safe place. It, it is. I feel, I, you know, I always saw, I remember one time watching Chappelle and I turned to my friend. I was in the comedy cellar and I was downstairs and I turned to my friend. And I go, God, look at that guy. I go, he is more comfortable up there than I am in bed. Like <laughs> there's just a relaxedness to what he's doing that I, I can't even imagine being that yeah. relaxed on stage. And that is why I spend so much time on stage is not only because I do feel good up there, but I've wanted to achieve that level of like, I've done this so much. There's nothing to worry about up here. And I truly feel that way on stage. Now, uh, when I walk out on stage, there is no tension. There is no part of me that's like, oh, what am I going to say? What if this doesn't go right? And I think that's the greatest gift you can give to an audience that comes to see you is that they don't have anything to worry about with you. Like you're in good hands because everyone's yeah. biggest fear is public speaking. Not everyone's, but most people's. Most people, and yeah. Yeah, when there's this in an audience, I I know from being in audiences, like I just am like, oh my god, are they going to be okay up there? Like you just kind of worry, even though they you know they're a professional. I like that now. I can assure my audiences, you know, and this has been twenty years in the making that I am, I am, uh, uh, you know, I've gotten my ten thousand hours at this point almost. You know, I'm 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 better up there than I am anywhere else. I'm more honest there. I'm more comfortable there. I. I can do more in front of a microphone and say more than I could in, in a therapy session. And and that's that true. is 100% true because I have said things in therapy and my, my therapist will be like jaw on the floor. Like, I can't believe you just told me that. Thank you so much for this is a safe space. And I go, oh, I just literally said this on stage last <laughs> night. Like, I, I kind of was working it out for you. And she's like, you said people. And I'm like, yes, it's easier for me for some reason. So I'm so grateful that that's the case. I don't know what's wrong with me that that's the case, but there's something that makes me feel more at ease if I'm able to, you know, do it under the umbrella of it's entertainment. Like it's um, there's it's just it, 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 there's nothing that makes me like hyperbolize in a way or exaggerate. I mean, of course, I do that for the sake of entertainment, but 
the real trueness comes out in myself when I'm in front, uh, when I'm on stage or in front of a camera or with a microphone in me. It's just, uh, it's the truest form of my human self. And it's, it's, thank God, because it's a, it's a great career. <laughs> it is a great career. And go see Nikki on stage back in Chicago, Friday, September 15th at the Chicago Theater. For tickets, you yes. go to Ticketmaster. For more on Nikki, NikkiGlazer.com and all over social media. I am so looking forward to seeing you on stage next week. Oh, I'm so excited for you to be there. Thank you so much. I'm so excited for the show. It's the first time I've ever performed in this big of a venue in Chicago. It's such like a iconic yeah. place to perform. So I'm looking forward to um, filling it up, hopefully. So and I want to just say, if you buy a ticket to the show, it's not like you're buying a ticket to like Era's tour where it's like what like your seat doesn't matter. Like we'll fill it no matter what. Like I need you there. I'm at a point in my career where like your ticket sale matters to me and it will truly touch a place in my heart that you bought a ticket and decided to spend an evening with me. Like not that Taylor Swift isn't appreciative of every ticket purchase, but I'm at a place in my career where like, please come see me. This would mean so much to me to sell this theater out. So I just want to put that extra little plea in, um, which I don't know if is a good idea or not. (laughs) To seem so desperate. But, I'll get a, um, I'll get a group of people together. We're all going to be okay, there. Everyone's going to so be there. Much. Thank you so much. Thank you. Jesus Christ. That's all I needed. I've waited 20 minutes for that. <laughs> thank you. Thank I'm you. glad I sold at least four tickets here. Thank you so much. Thank you.